From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, it's good to be with you, and we're actually uh, only a couple of feet apart, so uh, it's yeah, even better. So it, it's great. Um, I mean, first day of the show for Infocom, and this is happening. It's happening. The HEPMA booth is going great, so shout out to HEPMA for allowing us to record our episode here. Absolutely. So for those who may be listening to this sometime in the future, it's Infocom 23. It's day one. We're in the HEPMA booth, which is uh, a new uh, exhibitor here at Infocom. And uh, we're actually joined with a special guest, somebody who I've gotten to know over the years, who James uh, has been uh, working with on both podcasts and through HEPMA. It's Tim Van Wart from Rutgers. Welcome, Tim. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I, you, know, you guys have been doing such a great job with your show uh, over the years. And it, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here because I, I will throw out a... <clears throat> I'm throwing out my own disclaimer right now. I am not a programmer, <laughs> so uh, I know I, I am. I'm thrilled to even be considered to be here with you guys uh, today. So, and yes, we are having a wonderful uh, first day here at Infocom, and it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah. So, um, the reason why we wanted to have you here is because we programming isn't just about writing code and isn't just about the programmers, but also the people who. Um, support programmers, the people who interact with programmers, the people who value programmers, and I think that you're one of them And yeah. from conversations that we've had before. And one of the things that James brought up and he said we really need to get you on this show is Rutgers is doing things a little bit different when it comes to control, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, our, so this goes back, uh, our story goes back to uh, 2012, uh, and uh, so we had had a uh, the, the pres from the presidential level was uh, the podium project, essentially, is what they called it. Um, and the concept was to have a standardized podium in all the general purpose classrooms. Um, it was decided that the Mac Mini would be the essentially the control system and a source uh, inside the podium, and that we would speak directly to each of the devices that we were controlling. Uh, so we, we would use the RS-232 commands and talk to directly to the HDMI switch and then talk to the uh, the projector and turn it on, turn it off, like basic things like that. And um, as we've grown over the years, um, the, the, the we wanted that standard look and feel. So the controller is always the same no matter what classroom you go to. It's the same. I, it, it sounds boring, but it's a gray box on a block. It's it's a red red wallpaper with a with a gray. Uh, it's a gray controller, um, and uh, but the buttons are the same. The font is the same. So no matter where you go, it looks the same. Maybe you don't have as many inputs or outputs because we use the same controller in our active learning spaces as we do in a standard little podium that just has a couple inputs and outputs. Um, so you know we have. So we wanted that design uh, to, to be the same um, and it was tasked with our application developer Jake Nelson who is still very much involved in the project and has developed this project even further um, to make it more and more um, the user-friendly aspect was fine it was the back end that we were trying to make more uh, accessible to us engineers that were just they we're, we would run out to a classroom, install a new system, and then we'd have to reach out to Jake and be like, okay, here's the we need this type of controller here. Um, he has been able to now, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, we can talk a little bit more about it, but now we're at the point where customization is a little bit easier um, 
So we've, we've come a long way from the, the starts of just a Python program to now a, a little more elaborate on the, the back end. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, we, we rely a lot on our application developer, uh, Jake, and um, we, we work in, in concert with him with what we are designing very much as like any other engineering design would happen. It's like here's the equipment we're here's the equipment we're doing. Here's the things we want it to do, and then he also comes back and says, "Yeah, no, that that's not gonna work." <laughs> so he's he's almost like our quality check it away too. It's like, "Yeah, no, that won't work." It's like we'll have to do this. It's like, okay, well if that's what we have to do, then. So it's 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 it's, it's a good uh, relationship that we have with him on that, and he's very knowledgeable and, and you know a great asset to us. So James, you and I talk about this a lot, is how do we bring more of a voice of a programmer to the table? And it sounds like Tim's doing that. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, that's great there. And it's amazing how you guys are using, one, being Rutgers, being a big institution, using something that's not off the shelf. No, it's not. And that was um, that was one of our, our goals. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the trons of this world. You know, we we everybody they have their place. Um, it was something that we we wanted to accomplish, and we can still do that. We can still talk to the trons that are out there. Um, we've had integration. We've had integrators come in and they do their installations. They do their programming, and then we call presets. Essentially, is what they're they they set up the presets in advance, and then we just call those presets. So we we'll speak to a you know, CP4 and, and let it tell it what we want it to do, but it's already been, a lot of the work's already been done on the back end. So, you know, we, we play we play nice with others as well. So, um, but yeah, it was one of those things. It's like, if all of our, if our control processors, processor is just the Mac Mini with a USB to RS-232 hub built in, and now we're doing everything over, we do a lot of things over IP. So we don't even need that RS-232 connection. We're actually trying to, eliminate that entirely and find that next generation of devices that allows us to just have IP control. So how, what made you, your team go this route? Knowing that, okay, there's all that trons out there, there's all, all the other products out there. What made you go to the Mac Mini and a custom built system? So I, this that, that predates me, I will right. say. But uh, from my understanding is that um, by having it done in-house and by us having basically full control and having that flexibility of not having, having to work in a specific environment, we can have that flexibility that we want, you know, that we can. And, you know, you have a now the, the latest generation of Mac Mini is $500. It's like, and, I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save my supply chain <laughs> jokes for uh, another time. Um, but we all know that there, there's available. Let me just say there's availability of Mac Minis right now, and I can get USB to RS-232 hubs without any problem either. So, well, that's one thing great about software is we don't have to worry about supply chain, mm -hmm. and being able to go on any kind of device, we can get whatever's off the shelf. Right. So, and I will say that, the, so we, we've now moved into, um, so it was, a, it was a custom controller per Mac Mini that we were essentially doing. Um, he, Jake has now developed it to the point where 
Um, there's a there's a full back end that can will and that's actually this is happening this summer uh, as we're speaking. Um, we are working on having it with a back end that the uh, help desk can access without actually having to like having a web interface. So uh, similarly to uh, uh, like a Crestron, uh, what's Fusion. the web? Fusion. Yeah, like a Fusion, like, yeah, yeah. sorry. XIO, my, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, XIO. So it's, yeah. Um, you know, similar to that, where you can pull up a website and you have the controller there, so you can still do that. And also, it wouldn't interrupt what's happening in the classroom, because we've definitely had instances where we'll set up for an event, and then it, we are limited by what's happening on the podium. So somebody wanted to sit out in the audience and have control over the system, they would have to remote into the Mac Mini, but then that would change what's happening in real time. This new next-gen controller will have that, like almost like an overlay, so you won't see what's happening, but those control commands will still happen on the back end. And somebody could be outside in the audience making the changes as needed. And actually, it works great from an ADA perspective as well, because we have we have instructors who are in wheelchairs and have limited mobility and things like that. So they can have their tablet with a stylus or whatever works for them and they can control it without actually having to log into the podium. So it's, there's a lot of advantages to that uh, design that we're, we're looking forward to leveraging going forward. So. And how much time and, and uh, cost savings would you say that you have? And I'm not saying to give me numbers, but is this something that you've reduced maybe by 50%? Do you think it's more than that? I mean, it's, uh, I would say, yeah, there's probably like a 50% cost savings here because you're, so you're, yeah, you're talking like $500 for a Mac Mini. You're talking maybe $30 to $40 for a USB, the RS-232 hub. And, you know, and uh, Jake's time is, is very valuable. But, <laughs> so, but... Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, it's hard to factor his part in because he's also doing other projects for other parts of uh, sure. our division. So it's yeah. it's a little bit of give and take on that. But when you factor that all in, it's either way you're going to need a programmer. So whether that programmer is Crestron certified, Extron certified, IAMP certified, whatever it might be, you know. What's, so my question is, we all know, like if you look at any of the manufacturers programming out there now is we as a programmer you run into a issue you run into a hiccup you have a community you have a tech support you have people you reach out to so now that you guys are doing all in-house all on jake how does that work is the is jake your sole source or like when are you running into trouble how is that done so yeah, so Jake is usually the, the one that we go to. So there is that limitation of that if there's something wrong with the controller, he's the one I have to reach out to for that. Um, he, and he, I know he does a lot of good research on his end when it comes to, okay, this command's not working and things like that. And, you know, so he'll, he'll tweak it as we go along. Um, we do try to do as much pre-testing as we can before we roll out a, a new system. Um, a lot of the hardware we use is because it's Gone through, gone through the ringer. Essentially, you know, we, we're not putting it out into a classroom unless that controller works. Um, he is also very good at finding those answers. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very valuable asset in, in that respect. Um, what I will say, what one of the challenges we do face uh, when it comes to the individual devices is that not all manufacturers re 
release all of the APIs. So because it, it, uh, there are some manufacturers, some of which are not too far from where we are sitting right here, um, that have super secret APIs. And it's like you have to call the help desk and then the help desk has to reach out to like a sales rep or something like that or some upper level engineer. They go, oh yeah, here's the documentation you need. And it's like, well, like it shouldn't be that difficult. Like, we refer to that as walled gardens. Walled yes. <laughs> so. hey. Are you finding also because I think that you bring up a good point, and that is one of the what I what I would look at as one of the uphill battles. But are you finding though that you're saving time because you're writing this code once and using it so many times, or are you still doing a lot of one-off? No, no. So we we uh, Jake has also gotten to the point where his his controller does a lot of just general things. Like if, for instance, um, when we need to he is he's built in things for us as engineers as well so if i need to set edits and stuff like that he already has it built into the controller and he has it set to the controller in a way where it says it just says set edit on on a drop menu and it knows what device is in there so he's he's it's becoming it's becoming smarter as we've gone along which has enabled us to do our job so much better that's wonderful yeah, so that's yeah so great. it's like every it's funny, every like three months or so, like he'll be like, yeah, I came up with this new thing I put in the controller, right? It's like, it's like that's amazing. Like, cause you know, he listens to what we do on a daily basis. And he, you know, we, we have our daily reports that we send out like for what the things we've accomplished for the day. And uh, we have our tickets and things like that too. So he's, he's very well in tune with what we are doing on a daily basis. He's, a, he's involved in the team, just like we'd want him to be. That know? sounds very solution oriented. Yes. Yes, we have. I, I, yeah, as a, as a team, we are always out to find out what that next. Like, if there's a problem, we'll solve it. If there's something else we need to do, then we we make those changes. So, that's great. Now, because of most of our audience, I believe Steve and I believe are are programmers, yep. and this is not a traditional path that Jake has taken, but we also know that, you know. Jake can only be around so long. Right. So what is Jake and Rockers doing to prepare that next programmer to come in and help out? So I know he's been very, keeping very good documentation on the things that he's been working on. Uh -huh. um, I think that's part of, also part of the, since we started in Python and now I'm not, I'll be admitted, I don't know what he's doing for this next gen controller. But I know he's not doing anything that any knowledgeable programmer would probably not be able to figure out um you know um and so i he is doing a very good job of that because yes we are very well aware that at any point because i know he's also he's gotten his mba like he's uh, he's gearing up i know it's going to happen soon and he's going to he's going to leave he's also having a kid so it's like it's there's a lot of things that has happened for him in the last year so i know i think he, that 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 momentum is moving towards we're gonna need to figure out what that next that, what that next thing is gonna be. But I also think that it's good to look at for the programming community that there are organizations out there using Python, using monitoring programming language that are not the standard AV. That they're out in the wild, they're out in the force, and so we need to get those more the programs involved with that more. So right. it's good that Jake has that and it's good that he's documenting it and hopefully the next generation can pick up and 
expand on it. Yeah, most definitely. So, from a management standpoint, or the, the decision makers, can they really see the value of programming? Yeah, they're, they're so they see they see it. Um, what's I, I will so a little bit of structure uh, for where we are in my department. So we don't re we don't report into OIT. We don't re we don't report into any IT structure or anything like that. We actually report into the, the chancellor. So we we are specifically down in New Brunswick, um, and our so there's there's, our, there's us, then there's my boss, and then there's the vice chancellor that he reports it, and the vice chancellor goes up to the chancellor. The vice chancellor is for technology and classroom innovation. So like he is very much in tune with what we're trying to do. So we have the support going it's up really the structure. Important. Yeah. So and, and he Jake part of also his responsibilities he helps out with the other de departments um, with within the vice chancellors uh, which is he also oversees scheduling and things like that too so he helps them out with running things uh, from their end so um, yeah so it's it so there's value in what Jake does and it is recognized so. that's great that's great before we wrap up talk a little bit I know that you also are the host of the AV life and James is a uh, cast member so talk a little bit about your show and what uh, might appeal to our audience. So I will say, so we're, I think the best way of explaining what we do is like a morning show, essentially. <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm, yeah, I'm the host of the AV Life podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the AV Life pod. Uh, and you can also find us on a the avlife.com uh, as well, uh, which leads you to higheredav.com, uh, which James also has articles, as you all probably are all aware. Um, but yeah, James and I have been doing this, Jesus. I, so it just passed. I've been the host for three years now, uh, and uh, I took over from a gentleman by the name of Corey Moss, a very well-respected uh, gentleman here in the uh, AV community who is still sadly recovering from a, a, a stroke. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, uh, we yeah we're kind of a morning show, and we we talk about things related to AV, whether it's programming, security. Uh, trade shows, things that Hetma's doing, you know, which we're, we're like we said, we're at the Hetma booth here. Um, and you know, we have a lot of fun and we get derailed all the time. And it's, you know, I, I was talking to Britt Yenser, Yenser on her podcast uh, just before this. And uh, it, it feeds my ADHD brain because like we can go off on different tangents and they go along for my ride all the time, which is great. You know, it's, it's, it's Except for when Joe Way takes over. But then he has his own ADHD thing that you know, he does, which I don't think, I don't know if he does, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, we all go along on the trip and it, you know, it's, there's always value, but it's always a good time. It sounds very community based, which is yes. what we're about here as programmers, which is what Hetma is about. So it very much is there's a lot of commonalities there. Yes, definitely. Well, we appreciate you being part of our show today. Anything um, that you wanted to add that we, we haven't touched on um, with regard to uh, what you see as being um, important to our programming audience? Yeah, I was going to say for your programming audience out there, like if you, what if you're programming for specific hardware and things like that, and you don't see the value of what your engineers are coming up to, don't don't be afraid to question them. Like it's you know there, we're. we're we're, we make mistakes. We see things going one way, and then you can be the realist because I, 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 you know, I see it in certain programmers that they have a very logical mind when it comes to things. You know, you see things a certain way, 
and you know us engineers tend to be a little bit more on the uh, the dreamer side of things so you got don't be afraid to be that grounding force to say hey let's just keep it simple let's do this and you know but yeah i guess i think that, I think that, that would be my piece of advice to your listening audience. i like that i like that how can people get in touch with you learn more about what you're up to learn more about what, what you do at rutgers so if you so want to yeah i was gonna say if you want to find out more information about rutgers and the the classroom controller you could find us at DCS, so Digital Classroom Services, .rutgers.edu. Um, that'll take you to our website. Everything is there. We have no, we don't hide anything. I mean, we don't have the actual code up there, but you can find out more about the controller project, the classroom project, and the, the different pieces of hardware and things like that that we put out there. Um, if you want to find us, find me on, on the Twitter. Yeah, uh, you On the Twitter. Wow, I just aged myself like 30 <laughs> years there. Um, it's at T Van Wert, so at T V A N W O E A R T, so like Woe Art. Uh, and I'm out there all the time, and LinkedIn, and Facebook, and Instagram, and same thing with the AV Life. We're all out there. So, um, and you can find us all at higheredav.com. So. Perfect, James. Any uh, final words, and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, final words is one. I want to thank Kim for being on our show, talking about this. It's great. Um, it shows that us programmers can actually get out of the gray boxes and, you know, get past those walled gardens. And it, the light's out there, and we just got to get our feet out there and actually push it. Also is, again, I want to thank Hetla for allowing us to record here at this booth. It's hopping. I don't know if you guys can hear all the noise that's going on, but it's hopping, and you have to say this is this is the first ever end user group on the show floor i'm hoping in a couple more years programmers will have a booth on the floor i like there that you go. i like the sound of that and how can people get in touch with you and learn more what you're up to oh uh, you can google me find me i'm hetma uh av life here higher ed av again you google me you'll find me awesome well I, I, uh, I concur with what you're saying, and, and thank you, Tim, for sharing your story and, and Rector's story, because I think it's important for people to understand the possibilities. A lot of times we get really locked in only doing things a certain way, and I, I applaud everybody for taking the chance, because it is risky to do what you're doing, but the risk can, be a, can lead to a big reward, so I'm glad to hear that. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad, I'm, like I said, I'm humbled that uh, you guys brought me on, so thank you for, that, for the opportunity. We appreciate it, and we'll have you back again in the future. That'd be great. For me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. And most importantly, you can find Ask the Programmer on YouTube as well as Apple and Google Podcasts, and we'd love to hear more from you, have more guests on, and be able to cover more of the topics that our audience is looking for. So please reach out and let us know, because that's most important. James and I are on Twitter. We also are... Uh, big fans of AV and the AM, so that's some of the places that you could reach us virtually. And if you happen to see us, please reach out and say hi. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>